0: Let's listen to the gospel reading. It's the only little bit of information that we have about the life of Jesus from the moment, between the moment he was born and the moment he appears in the banks, on the banks of the Jordan to be baptized by John the Baptist. There's a slight sort of oblique reference in Matthew's gospel, but in Luke's gospel this is the story and We get nothing between the ages of zero a few weeks and the age of 12, which is this story. Lots of people have written about what could have happened in the the life of Jesus. Uh, It's a famous novel by our own... uh, Well, he's ours now. um, uh, John Kutseer, the South African novelist, a Nobel Prize winner who lives in Adelaide and... um, uh, has benefited the uh, Kurtzier Centre in the University of Adelaide and uh, uh, an extraordinary uh, writer if you've read any of his uh, famous works and he written a book I think called The Boyhood of Jesus anyway it's a very disturbing book because it sort of tries to figure out what would it be like to be a person growing up but also a person who has been in some way that we don't really understand, uh, mixed up being God and being human all at the same time. And so he tries to play this out in the book, and its I'm not sure it works, but it's really interesting. And this story does a little bit the same. It's the story of an ordinary boy who's not so ordinary. So it's this. Now every year... His parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up as usual for the festival. When the festival was ended and they started to return, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But his parents didn't know it. Assuming that he was in the group of travellers, they went a day's journey. Then they started to look for him among their relatives and friends. When they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem to search for him. After three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. When his parents saw him, they were astonished, and his mother said to him, Child, why have you treated us like this? Look, your father and I have been searching for you in great anxiety. He said to them, Why were you searching for me? Did you not know that I must be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he said to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was obedient to them. His mother treasured all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and in years and in divine and human favour. For the word of God in scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, It's a strange little story, isn't it? You can see uh, in in the the writing, the, the writer of the Gospel of Luke wrestling with this idea that if this boy was an ordinary boy, then he might be interested in what's happening in the temple, but he wouldn't have much to contribute. But if this boy was God, pretending to be a human... Just putting on the guise the kind of Superman approach to this which many writers have written about certainly in the first couple of centuries. Then of course he knows far more than the teachers. He knows everything. There isn't anything that he doesn't know because that's the way we understand God so much at the time. So it's a strange story trying to bolt these things together but it's certainly a story about wisdom, isn't it? It's about how do we Know things deeply What What is wisdom? I've been thinking about this quote From a, a teacher called Cynthia Bougay She teaches uh, with uh, in the Centre for Action and Contemplation In uh, New Mexico with uh, Father Richard Rohr She says this about wisdom Wisdom is not the gathering of more facts and information, as if that would eventually coalesce into truth. Wisdom is not the gathering of more facts and information, as if that would eventually coalesce into truth. That's a, there's a problem right there, isn't there? Because our whole culture was built on that. In fact, many of us are employed... In our culture, to simply do that, to gather information as accurately as we can, because with accurate information, we will be able to bring it all together, and truth will arrive. If we didn't believe that, there would be no point in doing it, would there? Just be any old anecdote that anybody came up with would be fine, because there's no real truth. But we do believe that, we... And information gathered together, that's a good thing but Cynthia is saying it's not wisdom something else is wisdom you know that old adage I've never been able to figure out who actually first said it but data is not information something's got to happen to data before it becomes information information is not knowledge Something's got to happen in between for information to become knowledge. All of us figured that out in school, didn't we? We got piles of information. It didn't necessarily mean we had any knowledge of the subject. Data is not information. Information is not knowledge. Knowledge is not wisdom. Something has got to happen. So she goes on to say, Wisdom is a way of seeing and knowing the same old 10,000 things but in a new way. Wisdom is a way of seeing and knowing the same old ten thousand things, but in a new way. It's not about knowing more, but knowing with more of you. It's not about knowing more, but knowing with more of you. Wise people are those who are free to be truly present to what is right in front of them. Wise people are those who are free to be truly present to what is right in front of them. The few wise people I've had the great pleasure of encountering or sometimes sort of stumbling across in my life in my reading and In a few occasions in actually meeting them, it occurs to me that they have a lot less to say than the rest of us. There's, you know, it's as if they know something deeper than all the knowledge and all the data and all the information and they're living it. That's why I think Psalm 148 that we read out is our reading for for today is a psalm of wisdom because it's saying the same old 10,000 things yes, we know there's a sun, we know there's a moon we know there are stars, we know there are fish in the sea but it's not saying, it's not just listing them off it uses the language praise the Lord which I take to be a, 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 a very Jewish religious way of saying Pay attention. Look, be present to this. And we all have experiences where we're not present. You know, your mind's somewhere else. You drive between here and a place you know really well and you can't remember how many traffic lights you went through and just hope that you obeyed the traffic laws because you weren't really there. It's frightening to think there's lots of people on the road like that and I'm adding to it. But, but but we can also go through whole days not, not being present to the moment, to the thing that's actually happening, which is why meditation teachers of all traditions often begin with really basic things like feel your feet on the ground. That's hard to do because I've got socks, shoes, carpet, underlay, wood. There's a long way down to the ground here. But you begin with the basics and you pay attention to that. Wisdom is a way of seeing and knowing the same old 10,000 things but in a new way. This is from another quote that I've been thinking about all this week from a person called Sydney Lovett who Don't know anything about. Every now and then, take a good look at something not made with hands. A mountain, a star, the turn of a stream. There will come to you wisdom and patience and solace. And above all the assurance that you are not alone in the world. And then take a good look at something not made with hands. There will come to you wisdom and patience and solace and above all the assurance that you are not alone in the world, that we are connected. There's something about obviously being human that we long for connection, but we're also really good at disconnecting from each other. We're really good at pushing people aside. We're really good at not telling each other who we really are. The idea that we could, through contemplation and careful thought and attention, know a wisdom that connects us to the, to the rest of the world and to each other. And I'm wondering whether the story that we've got, the strange little story, which I think is it's a really uncomfortable story, I don't think it kind of gels very well. You know, Jesus is not there. He doesn't seem to care the fact that his parents are looking for him. It, it's not a very comfortable story. But, but I wonder if it's there to help us understand the kind of the work that needs to be done in order to be wise. That you need to kind of step outside of the norm just for a moment or in Jesus' case, for three days, which of course in itself is referential to the time Jesus spends in the tomb. Everybody who's read the Gospel of Luke already gets, oh wait, three days, isn't that, there's a link there. That's a different kind of paying attention. But he's, he's paying attention for three days to a different kind of experience, which is actually the normal experience. So he's listening to these teachers and he's talking with them and what they're talking about, obviously, is the Talmud and the Torah, which are the which for us are kind of strange documents, but for them was just the normal everyday part of their lives. Trying to pay attention to them in a new and and an other way. Um, on Christmas Eve, those of you who were here, we had the readings uh, from the Gospels, the traditional readings that we have, <coughs> have every Christmas. Uh, But we read them out of a different translation, a translation called The Message. that was done by a scholar called Eugene Peterson back in the 1980s and 1990s. And it just changes it enough for you to hear what you can't hear if you just hear it over and over again. At least it does for me. And I suddenly go, oh, wait, yeah, that's right. Here, that's all it needs, is just a slight shift to see it differently. Now you could see the sunset tonight and because you're feeling extraordinarily grateful for the people around you who love you or you're feeling extraordinarily bereft because there isn't anyone with you, the sunset can take on a completely different moment and there can be a growing of wisdom and um, of patience and solace.